Welcome to Set That Bitch Free, the Your Inner Babe podcast. It's been a long minute since I did a Just Jack episode. What's funny is I've been putting this episode off, I think for a multitude of reasons, but I've had a bunch of you DM me asking if the season even had Just Jack episodes, and I was like, yes, yes, of course they will. But then actually a group client of mine was the one who lit the fire under my ass to finally just record it. Honestly, that's probably one of the best parts about what I do is that, yes, I'm the guide, but I grow so much from my client's growth. That's why I always say that the work is an us thing. It's like, we, we do this together. It's that kind of commitment. We're all in it together. But I love when the roles reverse and the accountability works both ways. But as we know, I recently launched the new podcast series called Dear Inner Babe, which is almost like a modern day advice column, but it's on a podcast. It's completely confidential. Anyone, anyone can write into me. There's just something about taking a pen to paper or fingers to keys and just writing out your story beginning to middle to now being able to share a part of yourself that's been, I don't know, haunting you or being able to tell the world what's been weighing you down. I always think back to the first time I wrote out my story and it was so freeing and doing this Dear Inner Babe series allows me to almost have a private one-on-one session with whoever writes in. You know, like I read their story. Not only does it free them, but it frees another listener. And then I get to comment on it and give advice. And it's a beautiful thing. It really does heal us and set us free. We all have a story. And sometimes all the medicine that we need is just hearing our thoughts or somebody else's thoughts come to life. But I was thinking a lot about this year and how trust is going to be a huge theme for me. I noticed that a lot has come up for me around that specific word, trust. I mean, I trust my friends, my family. I trust Daniel. I trust my team. I mean, shit, I trust the girl who dyes my hair. I really, actually really trust her. But what about myself? What about the universe? I always say to clients, though, when a block comes up, for me, trust, this is a block, but when a block comes up, there's growth to be done. And it's always a no-judgment zone, just curiosity, lead with curiosity. So I started to let myself get really curious. You know, like, why don't I trust myself? What is underneath that? And that is when I noticed the pattern. I'm not sure I've ever really trusted myself, if I'm going to be completely honest. Really trusted myself. You know, I've gotten really good at listening to myself. That's how I could even hear that I needed to dig deeper into this. But not being able to trust myself? I mean, I know, I think that dates back to literally, I would say, consciously, age 13. I didn't trust myself. To hit the high notes at auditions, I remember. Once upon a time, I didn't trust myself when it came to food. I didn't trust myself to not be dumped by guys. So I labeled myself as the mature one and then developed 
promiscuous habits at a younger age. I didn't trust myself to pass my classes in school. I didn't trust my body to be a healthy body with a healthy cycle or even trust my immune system. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But where I lack trust the most has come up recently. And it's trust that I deserve my dreams. Trust that I could make Yorner Babe successful without a safety net. I was thinking about this a lot, actually, at the end of last year. That's when I really started to dig deep into this because I really wanted to break the pattern. I wanted to really change the game for myself. And it clicked. Worth. I realized I I had worked my ass off to be able to feel my worth in relationships and my body image after Hoffman, a role as, as the daughter. But I had never worked on my self-worth around being an entrepreneur or being a businesswoman. I had never, ever even really worked on feeling worthy of achieving my dreams. So I love a good metaphor. We all know this by now, and I'm beyond visual. So the way that I imagine these different parts of our self-worth are, you know, in buckets, like a literal bucket of water. We're all born with a full bucket. And in order to keep our bucket full, we have to believe in ourselves and our ability to be the best version of ourselves. But our actions, our behavior over time, and you know, even the choices that we make, all they all have an impact on the fullness of that bucket. And whenever we develop negative beliefs about ourselves, little holes also develop in that bucket as well. And sometimes it's something that someone said or did to us, but it can also be you know, when we do something or say something and then get rejected for that, you know, we can get holes that way too. Ultimately, though, the end result is that our confidence and our self-esteem slowly drain out and they empty our bucket of self-worth. So obviously over time, I had clearly drained a shit ton of my success or dreams self-worth bucket. The good news is that we can repair those holes. Shocker! The more work that we do, the more honest that we get, the smaller and smaller those holes become. We can work. We can work on our mentality and on our mindsets through daily affirmations to reprogram our minds towards the positive. We can listen to visualizations. We can meditate. We can journal, detach from limiting beliefs. We can ask for help. But It really all goes back to childhood. You know, that's when it starts, our younger years. And for me, growing up, I felt the most loved when I achieved something. You know, my self-worth depended on admiration. So, you know, if I got the lead in a play, I felt super loved. If I solved a math problem, I felt super admired. If I hit a home run playing softball, forget about it. Peak love. Yes. Yes, I played softball. Terrifying. I know. Once I played first base (laughs) and I thought that you could peg someone out with the ball, just like kickball. So um, I chucked the ball at the little sweet boy's nose on the opposing team running right for first base. 
That did not go over well for him. Andrew Heisler, if you're listening, I still remember you. I am so sorry. I hope your face is okay. Anyway, though, um, love slash worth equals achievement, bottom line. And don't get me wrong, for real. I love my parents. I'm very fortunate. Both of them, I'm really, really, really lucky to have such an amazing relationship with them. And not for one second do I blame them for anything. I really have done the work to be able to see them as people and see that they did the absolute best that they could. But it is vital, 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 vital for a parent to initially fill that bucket of their child's self-esteem so damn high so that their self-worth is indestructible. And mine simply was just not filled to the brim, you know? And then we reach a certain age and we become adults and and now this is my work to do. You know, it's not theirs. It doesn't matter if it wasn't filled back then. It's now my work to fill that bucket up. So that's exactly the work I'm doing now. I'm learning to trust that I am worthy of my dreams and to trust that I will make that shit happen without a safety net in place. Actually, at the end of last year, when I let go of a lot of said nets, I'm air quoting, can't see me, but I am, but when I finally took my own leap off the ledge into the world of trust, that is actually when my business flourished. Everything I had been hoping it would be for the last however many years, it finally became. And the root of it all is me. It's crazy. It's it's just me and my own self-worth holding hands in the trust pool. No, but seriously, a relationship without trust, any relationship without trust is like a car without gas. You can sit in it and stay in the car for as long as you want, but that shit's not going anywhere. And what do I always say on here? The most most, most important relationship you have is the one you have with yourself. So we're all a work in progress. Got to put gas in the fucking car. I'd be lying though if I said I don't have to constantly remind myself out loud to trust my gut, trust my inner babe. So often I think we feel that it's almost unsafe to trust ourselves as if we need I don't know, some approval from a higher authority who we actually do already trust. But what if we could feel safe to trust the ideas and the beliefs from within? You know, like imagine how confident we would feel to speak our truths and how empowered we feel to live out our purposes in life. I am genuinely terrified every day. I can own that. I can say that with confidence, but it's fucking worth it. I really, I, I've never felt this empowered before in my entire life. And all it really took was me being brave enough to leap into the unknown. It's that little amount of effort to create self-love and the courage to look inward continuously. So I thought I would, you know, share a little bit about the work that I'm doing on myself, three ways that I've been really working on my self-trust and it's working. 
You know, I've also incorporated a lot of this into the Your Inner Babe Method programs clients can attest. But first, so most of us probably didn't have much control over having negative people in our lives when we were children. I definitely didn't, but we do have that control today. So think about the individuals who surround you. Do they support you? Do you really want them in your life? Do they make you feel good? I had to get really, really, really honest with myself about who the dream killers were in my life. You know, the people who were undermining my self-trust. Maybe they weren't saying directly, oh, you don't deserve your dreams or you're not going to make it happen, but their actions were speaking louder than their words. They weren't making me feel good or ones who were using me and stealing from me and stepping over boundaries. And again, I don't mean stealing material things. I mean, stealing energy, stealing ideas, especially though, the ones who I know deep down never wanted me to be successful. So once I got really honest about that, I sort of felt like I could take control back over who I allowed around me. Your vibe is your tribe, right? I mean, you. I think you're almost exactly like the top five people you spend most of your time with. So I wanted to surround myself with people I knew would motivate me, would support me, would lift me up when I needed a fucking kick in the ass myself. You know, it's important. Be honest. It sucks. But it's real. And it works. So second, um, I started making promises to myself. And I started small. Like, I I promise I'll wash my hair tonight. <laughs> or I promise I'll go to bed before 11 p.m. Minor promises. But to develop that self-trust, you kind of need to become your own best friend all over again. You promise your other best friends and shit that you'll stick to so-and-so's commitment. I'm sure you do. And I mean, I do. So what was stopping me from doing that for myself as well? And by setting small promises at first, I knew I'd achieve them. Like, okay, I'm going to get up from my desk in the middle of the day. I promise I would do it. Or I'm not going to snooze my alarm in the morning. I promise. I wouldn't snooze. You know, I'm just building that trust that I wouldn't let myself down, that I was capable of being committed. And lastly, especially when it comes to work, for me, speaking kindly to myself is huge. As I said before, I've gotten really good at speaking kindly to myself when it comes to my appearance or when it comes to my ability to be a friend or a wife. But when I turned up the awareness dial on how I talk to myself during the workday, I had this like, aha, oh shit moment. I realized how loud my dark side had become and how much I was allowing myself to believe that nasty voice. Like I'd make a mistake and be like, you're fully stupid. Or something would fall through and I would think, well, right, because you didn't fucking try hard enough. Whatever it was, not nice. I was being a bitch and I had to check it. So those three little micro mentality shifts, that's really all they are, but they've really started to help me. Like I'm playing an active role 
in this work every day and I'm making the choice, but that that's just it. To succeed, it doesn't mean that we always have to trust ourselves to say the right thing or make the right decision or follow every rule. It's not about perfection. It's about the recovery, you know, from whatever inevitable slip up happens along the way or the overcome of the fault or brushing yourself off and getting back up and trying again. Crazy stuff, right? (laughs) I mean, I love inner work though. And I imagine if you're listening, you do too, because I mean, you're here. (laughs) We're always a work in progress. Always. No shame in the game. But in the beginning of this episode, I mentioned that that new Dear Inner Babe series um, and how beautiful it can be to share your story. I actually recently found my first ever draft of my story. I wrote this one when I was 22 in treatment, and I thought it might be appropriate to end this episode with an excerpt from it. When I read it, I just, I felt this insane amount of self-compassion for my younger self. I felt so proud seeing how far I've come and just really empowered by the possibilities of my future. So. Here it is. (laughs) It's crazy. I've read this a hundred times and I have a pit in my stomach. I have butterflies that scare you guys. I'm right there with you. But I titled this back then. What do you want to be when you grow up? Well, I'm going to be a star. Since the age of five, when my parents put me in my first Highwood Children's Theater production, I knew I wanted to be a star. No one ever tells a five-year-old that they can't do what they want to do or be who they want to be in their dreams. They tell them to reach for the stars, to chase those dreams. On the flip side, no five-year-old thinks for a second about all the obstacles that will stand in their way once and if they set out on the journey to achieve those goals, especially little Jacqueline Gould. Growing up, weight was always my thing. It was the part of my life that I felt like I was constantly losing against in a constant battle. I've always been tall. I'm 5'10", and until all the boys caught up to me in high school, I was the bigger girl who towered over everyone. However, my insecurities about it didn't become conscious until about 6th grade. Up until then, I was aware I liked food. I was aware I was chubbier than all my friends, but... I didn't think of that as something as bad. But coming home from a winter break vacation with my family to a message on our home answering machine from a few immature 12-year-old boys telling my parents that they should sign me up for fat camp marks my internal calendar as the first time the word fat became relevant to me. That's when the true battle against myself officially started. My eating disorder began as a desperate attempt to lose my unwanted belly freshman year of high school. All the hot girls in our class were toothpicks, and I believed that if I was ever going to get a guy to notice me as something other than their fat friend, I had to lose weight and I had to lose it fast. I can confidently tell you that back then I had no clue that I was doing anything to harm my mental or physical self. I thought I was just cutting carbs. So... I stopped eating them cold turkey, and as anybody would, I saw results. 
I thought I was being healthy and I thought I was solving the problem when in reality, I was making it much, much worse. I wasn't very active at that time either, aside from dancing and musicals. And I noticed cutting carbohydrates paired even better with running. And I started going on 30-minute jogs a couple times a week. As expected, the football boys paused on bullying me and started noticing me. And I'd be lying if I said that I didn't love the attention, but something wasn't quite right. I couldn't understand why my stomach was shrinking, but my confidence wasn't growing in tandem. 10, 20, 45 pounds later, I looked in the mirror daily, hoping I'd love myself, but I didn't. It wasn't enough, and for the next eight years, it was never going to be enough. The battle with my weight continued, and the fight was ruthless. The worst part of it all, though, was that I never looked sick, so no one ever said anything or intervened. Aside from my random food freakouts, no one thought my intense weight loss was unhealthy because I fit society standards of beautiful. I was skinny, I was tall, and I knew how to hide behind one hell of a smile when I had to. Externally, positive things also continued to happen. I got the lead in the big school musical. I was accepted into my dream college and a prestigious drama program. I received very positive accolades from my peers and my parents, so I think I just slowly started believing I was okay and started to reintroduce carbohydrates and eat normally again. Then off to New York I went with 24 cardboard boxes and a whole lot of baggage. (laughs) literally and figuratively. If anyone tells you that college is easy, they are lying. College is overwhelming, and with the demanding requirements of my schedule in acting school and the gen ed courses I was enrolled in, I didn't know how to manage my anxiety. On top of that, my acting teachers were constantly talking about my body and not in positive ways. I felt hopeless, and I looked for a solution. The idea of restricting food for myself seemed impossible At this point in my life, I felt out of control. I enjoyed it way too much again. So this time, my disorder decided to wear a different costume, BED, otherwise known as binge eating disorder. What many people don't know is that BED is the most common eating disorder in the U.S., more common than anorexia and bulimia combined. I would get stressed out and I would eat. I would feel depressed and I would eat. I didn't even realize I was doing it, but afterwards I felt horrible and my self-hate skyrocketed. The worst part of it all was that I was in New York trying to break into the most judgmental industry in the entire world. What do you get when you combine a young woman plus low self-esteem plus the entertainment industry? Let's just say it doesn't equal success. I constantly felt run down and not only by my intense workload, but by myself. I couldn't go one full minute without thinking about how ugly I was or how overweight I was and how I was never going to be successful. Sorry. (laughs) I've read this a hundred times and it's still so hard to read. I feel so bad. Mm. Okay. I was so lost. And by my senior year, I had completely fallen out of love with my passion for the arts. I stopped going to class. I began failing studio. I started wanting success for all the wrong reasons. I thought if I became famous, I would suddenly not feel so alone. But what I didn't realize, though, was that if I didn't believe in myself, 
no agent, manager, casting director. No one was ever going to believe in me either. I started dreading every audition because I couldn't handle hearing the word no anymore. I knew I had to take a step back if I was ever going to come out of the battle with myself alive. I knew I couldn't solve the problem in my head alone. So I asked for help. I used to call myself a runner when it came to therapists. I would start with a new therapist and then I would go consistently for a couple months, but when things started to get tough, I would conveniently get busy and stop going. However, something was different this time when I started my program. I was at the point where I felt like I had tried everything, every diet, every supplement, every type of exercise, but nothing ever worked for an extended period of time. And not only was I now at the point where I wanted to stop binging, I wanted to stop dieting, I wanted to stop the self-hate, but I wanted to stay stopped and find a permanent solution. The entire staff supported me and held me accountable. I also got really into fitness back then and made my gym my second home. I started training five days a week and not only to lose weight, although that obviously came as a positive side effect, but I wanted to calm my mind and I felt like I had finally found places that could help me with what I was going through and could support me. I knew it was going to take a lot of work, but I was at the place where I didn't simply just want it or need it, but I was brave enough to do it. For the first time in my life, I saw the possibility of an end to my mental madness. I wrote that years ago. And the power and, honestly, the relief that I feel even reading it today is insane. It just reignites that sense of freedom that is absolutely invaluable. Never, ever, ever underestimate the power of the work or the power of your story. Every single one of us deserves to be heard and deserves to be seen. We all deserve to trust that inner babe inside us all. So thank you all for listening. I'll see you back next week, but just remember, the inner babe, you clearly have her. So keep tuning in to find her, keep working to trust her, and I promise I'll set that bitch free. Hey guys, it's Jack again. I'm still here. But now that you've listened and you know who your inner babe is and what she's all about, you might be wondering exactly how you can find her, ignite her, and then set that bitch free. Well, the good news is there are a lot of ways. First things first, find me on Instagram at Jack Goulds, where I go even deeper on some of the topics I cover on the podcast. I share personal anecdotes, a lot about my dog, and truthfully aim to bring a dose of honesty to your feeds and i'd love nothing more than to connect with you on there and then if you really can't get enough you can also read my blogs check out my recipes and even sign up for a quick breakthrough session to learn more on yearnerbabe.com but finally and most importantly if you know someone or you're someone who could benefit from a total reconnection to themselves and increased overall self-worth you can find out more about my business and about my approach to mentality coaching at any of the aforementioned channels. 
DM me on Instagram. I always respond. Contact me through the website. Email me at Jacqueline at yourinnerbabe.com. And please, please comment and subscribe to this podcast. You guys listening and spreading the inner babe word means the absolute world to me. This episode was produced by Dante32.